Oh, hot diggity dog. I was worried for a moment that you would stick to your delayed time of arrival. Mm. And I would end up being the one late in a sense. Because Aaron and I have been enthralled over the last several days with getting her Mario Kart account up to speed with uh, Grand Prix. You've been enthralled? Yeah. I love your word choice. So I, I will say, though, so we started a set of races, a Grand Prix, 12 minutes, 11 minutes, something like that, before we were supposed to get on. And so I was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work out. It did. It did. We made it. We made it in that time. Aaron did indeed get the three-star gold trophy as a result. And it was like right at 910. And I was like, cool. Odds are I'm not late. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, Aaron decided to pick up all the trophies, which I, I did a while ago. But with the like new courses that have been coming out with the DLC, the the booster pass or whatever that they sold last year, keeps us busy with all the different trophies. Because mm-hmm. like with Grand Prix, it's like you you gotta get. Luckily, as long as you do a hundred CC, you get the fifty CC one for free. They're not so mean as to make people who have no interest in ever racing at fifty CC actually do it. Mm. So as long as you accomplish it at a hundred CC. You do get the 50cc trophies for free. That's great. And then there's regular 150cc, the standard speed for all Mario Kart. And then there's 150 mirror, which is what we've been working on. Oh gosh, that's the worst. Um, Well, the the beauty of doing it with the new courses, at least for me, is whenever the new courses come out, I will race them at 150 for like just once through. And then I will work on the Grand Prix at 150 mirror so that I don't have any muscle memory. Yeah. And then I just, then that, I retrain myself to do everything else. And so that 150 mirror, like, it ends up, it's not in the spirit of mirror, because I'm just doing it, it's like, oh, this is basically the course. But it makes it more efficient in the whole process. That's way better. Yeah. Because I just remember, like, with, like, what was it, Double Dash on the GameCube, Hmm. and it's like, you play through everything and you've been playing for like so long going through all the courses grinding through and then like some of the last things are the mirror mode mm-hmm. that you like unlock and it's like well crap now yeah. it's really hard so next after we get through all the 150 mirrors because i think we only have i think there's four left to do because i mean the key with the grand prix is you can get a trophy at different levels but all that we care about is the three star gold which means that a person got first place every single time. Mm-hmm. And it has to be the same person, right? Someone has to get 60 out of 60 possible points on the Grand Prix. And so the way that we've been doing this, Erin can do uh, several, like for the most part, she can do them on her own. But it's fun when we both get to play. And so it's, it's fun for me to be the person, like I'm running interference. Like I am purposefully trying to stay around <laughs> second place yeah. And just, like, pot-shotting every single computer that I possibly can, whenever <laughs> possible. And then it also just means that there's always a body between some ne'er-do-well with a red shell and Aaron up in first place. Yeah. So it doesn't always work perfectly. Sometimes, you know, I just don't have enough good items to really stay in that position. 
but at least it's like I'm I'm kind of taking things down a little bit of a notch, and mm-hmm. it and it just makes it more fun. You know, it makes us get through a little bit faster, and I have fun playing that role. Yeah, because it's, it's its own kind of skill to do that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun. I'm not sure how well I'll be able to do that once we get to 200 CC, uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. You're kind of playing the game wrong, but in a fun-sounding way. Exactly. It's like I'm playing the battles, but just during a race. Yeah, which is way more difficult. It, it is fun. I will say, like, every time I get a, like... Because when you're sitting in second place, you get a lot of green... Sh- you get some red shells, but I'm not going to use them moving forward, so I basically have to use them like green shells where I throw them behind me. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, a skill that I acquired early on in my Mario karting days since I bought a Switch is being able to look behind me and aim with a shell. Mm. And it makes you a very dangerous opponent when you could do that. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so there yeah. you have it. Have you ever considered calling it Mario Kart? Never. I'm aware okay. of a few people who do. There's one guy whose podcast I listen to who's Italian in heritage. And so he grew up hearing it that way. And that's just what he calls it. That's correct to him. Oh. But like, I don't care what it should be in Italian. It doesn't matter because it's Japanese. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> that's I've never thought about this fact. <laughs> That, huh? What? I'm not gonna ask that question. I'm sure it's not a good answer. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, you're right. That's my take on it. I wonder how it's pr- how Japanese people pronounce Mario. I don't know, but Mario is what's in the the common cultural lexicon, so that's what it's gonna be for me. Yeah, and I think like. I could imagine there being, like, a, a certain game that I haven't already imprinted on where I could get used to saying it as Mario if it sounded right, like, if it just sort of flowed in a correct way. I could imagine a, like, I mean, I'll say, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers, but a, like, version of that where, like, there's just some way that the title is situated that it just works to say Mario. It just feels right to say it that way. Mm-hmm. But, but Mario Kart, it's just like, that just, it is what it is, you know? And I've, it's one of the, like, longest-running video games that I've cared about mm-hmm. in terms of, like, we had it when my sister got a DS, so I played it a lot in middle school, and then I didn't play it for a long time, and now I've been playing it uh, constantly for, like, four and a half years. So mm-hmm. it just, it is what it is, and nothing's going to change that, I don't think. Yeah. Good question, though. Hmm. Thank you. Or you're welcome. Or I guess you didn't thank me. It Comments. gets harder. There's a there's a game that I'm playing that I, I think is technically pronounced something like Rookie. Like, it's it's similar to Rookie, but it's not exactly that because it is... Let me look up who made this game. But it is R-O-K-I. But it is R-O with an umlaut, I think, technically... K-I. Hmm. Um, let me see if I can find like a pronunciation guide. But it's a very good game. It's a it is um let me look up the Wikipedia page. Who made this? Originally released in twenty twenty. Oh, it is a British studio. Okay, so that's less exciting. But it is set it is using a um 
I don't even know. Like, I haven't looked close enough to know if this is, like, all apocryphal, um, <laughs> like, fairy tale creatures that they've created, or if it is, um, like, meant to be Scandinavian in a legitimate way. But it's like you have a young girl, Tova, whose brother Lars is captured <gasps> by some weird forest spirit. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of the names are like, you know, it's like. Tove lives with her father Henrik yep. and her younger brother Lars, uh, and and everything is just it, it is very like Scandinavian in its way. Mm-hmm. But it is fun. Uh, I haven't I haven't finished it yet. I've been playing it on and off, mostly off for like a year. I feel like, uh, but I recently picked it back up and want to finish it rather soon. Uh, but that's one that it's like, I don't know how that's pronounced, R-O-K-I, and I'm, I can't find, like, a pronunciation guide, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, rookie or rookie or... It's yeah. like reading a book for the first time, trying to figure out how to pronounce characters' names. Yeah. And then a movie comes out, and you're like, oh, dang, now i got to relearn all these people. <laughs> well, my version of this, where I almost kind of gloss over the names, because I just sort of decide that it's not that important is i'm reading um a trilogy by chenwa achebe who uh, was he's nigerian i think he's i don't know if he's alive or not uh, i'd be i think i'd be surprised if he is uh but he's he's nigerian he was an immigrant to the u.s and i think he worked at it was either cornell or brown but he wrote uh, the african trilogy which is a trilogy set in the early 1900s like just before world war 1 or so nigeria during um, the beginning oh, of british occupation gosh. and it's it's a, all about just like a village in nigeria and the like over the course of the trilogy the like takeover and integration uh, by the british in the area uh-huh. Uh, it's really fascinating, but because it is it is from the perspective of the villagers, you know, you get a lot of names that just, like, I've never come across a name like this. Like, it just, and I'm not sure how the, like, mm-hmm. the way that he wrote it down, it's hard for me to tell exactly what he's going for in the pronunciation. Some of them I have a pretty good guess. Some of them I'm just sort of like, man, I don't know. You know, yeah. like, like I have, you have like, no idea and, and where to start. Yeah, and am I making, like, generalizations based on, like, mimicry of the sounds that I think I'm aware of? Like, there's a character in the the second book that I'm currently reading that is O-B-I-K-E. And in my head, I assume that's something like Obike. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm always second-guessing myself, like, Obike sounds like the, let's say, um... <laughs> It what in my head is like oh that's like an African sounding name or something, you know for whatever that means, yeah. As opposed to it being like o bike, which sounds wrong for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of coming up in my head like this is what I think the character's name is in my head like how I would pronounce it, but I'm never quite sure, and so it makes it a little tough to kind of keep everyone straight. Like it makes it tough to keep everyone straight if you haven't decided the name. Yeah. In your in your head. It's like I recognize these these like the string of letters that make this name, but it's hard for me to really keep them straight if I'm not like really understanding it as a name that I can latch on to. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's totally we do like treat I guess sorry, I'm not wording very well at the moment. 
I've never thought about the fact that like we treat names differently, and even if like you go out, oh, that's that's like the the oh man character, the the like the the oh boy, the person with the oh name, like it's it's different still than like yeah. actually I don't know. It's weird. Like, like imagine reading like because it's the number. This isn't like a super dense book, but there's a lot of characters because it's a village. Mm-hmm. So you have like the extended family of the main character, and then like a few of their neighbors. And in the second book, you also have all of the like um, colonialists who are like in the area and running the like you know British side of the government that they've established there. Uh, and so just like trying to keep track of everyone is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be like, imagine reading a book like Lord of the Rings, where you're trying, like, if they if there were names that you just couldn't latch on to. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, keep track of, like, who are the different hobbits and who are these guys? Like, if you couldn't keep track of who Faramir and Boromir were, and it's just they just, like, blend together or something. Yeah. That would just get tough. Yep. Show. Yeah, and, like, who's this Bilebo guy, you know? Exactly. What a weirdo. You know who else is a weirdo? Um, no. Sam Hurt, author of iBeam. Oh, wow. I don't know. I've never actually met Sam Hurt. I could be totally wrong with that, but it was a transition. Oh, wait. Oh, I read the time wrong. Wait, do we want to transition? Can we? <laughs> That's fine. It's not a big deal. I saw four and I was like, oh my gosh, we're already at 24. <laughs> Go for it. Anyways, we are set on a the side of a mountain with a road carved into it with a uh with a surprisingly thin-looking guardrail uh being the only thing separating this road from a sheer cliff drop off to who knows where. And this guardrail has a gaping hole in it. And debris flying away from the gaping hole as a hot red convertible sports car is flying off the edge of the mountain, presumably after blowing through the guardrail. There's a driver and a passenger, I presume, in the hot red sports car, and they are turkeys. And the driver turkey says, this is not how I thought it would all end, as they are flying off a cliff. (laughs) <laughs> wowza get it because they're their car turkeys. insurance is gonna be expensive after that that's one way to say it i don't think that'll be much of their worries <laughs> okay this was before thanksgiving i was like no. this has got to be like a thanksgiving comic right it would be so funny if it was just like may they just come out with this yeah but honestly i would respect the hustle if that was the case mm-hmm. if you got a good idea for a thanksgiving comic why wait till thanksgiving it only comes once a year that is true. You are correct. Uh, anyway. Isn't there like a... Canadian, Canadian Thanksgiving? Canadian Thanksgiving too? Yeah, but it only comes like, once a year in Canada. Well, yeah, but what if you like were in Canada and then you like Canada. went on vacation to America during American Thanksgiving? That that could that could be doable. I don't anyway. know if there's an association with turkey in Canadian Thanksgiving in the same way, though. Mm. So this joke might not, not, might not land... Don't ask me. It, it might land as well as this car flying off the cliff, let's say. I think the car will land quite well and quite finally. <laughs> I anticipate. Anyway, what I want to... I'm going to pull a grant. I have a bit of a roundabout way of getting to Ooh, what I want to talk about. I'm excited. 
So I this this wasn't recently that, that I'm bringing this up from, but in general, one of my recurring stress dreams oh God. revolves around driving. Oh no! And my most common version of one of these stress dreams is I am driving in a car, just driving around, and as I'm driving, I notice, man, my brakes are just not responsive. They're oh, not, no. They're not broken. They're just not great. And this is the sort of this, this, this sort of pieces of stress that I have. These, these dreams do not involve, like, crashing into a car. They have to do with I'm coasting into a stoplight at, like, 10, 15 miles an hour, and I'm braking, and I'm, not, and I'm slowing down just not quite fast enough as I approach the car in front of me. And either the dream ends with me, like, I make it in there with, like, an inch to spare, you know? Or I know that I'm about to rear-end this car at a very low speed, and then I wake up. Mm-hmm. And these are the stress dreams that I have. Uh, recently, it was, like, a couple weeks ago, I think, I had a version of this dream, except I someone else was driving. I was in the car... And they, like, whipped a Yui for no reason on an icy road to, like, turn around. And then they slid, and they hit a guardrail. And on the other side of the guardrail was just, like, icy water. And we're all in the car, and the guardrail, like, it starts to break, and the car starts to lean, and then we're falling. And somehow, the feeling of falling in my brain wasn't enough to wake me up. What woke me up was the, like impact into the water which like i didn't quote unquote feel it was like just before impact was when i woke up uh but what was also interesting was i remember distinctly what i was thinking through as we were falling and like suppressing the panic of falling into midair you know in a car and also it was at night all i was thinking was i know from mythbusters that if we can't get out right away (laughs) we have to prepare to hold our breath wait for water to completely fill the car and then we can open up the doors and swim out and that's all i thought about and then we hit the water and i woke up yeah so all all this to be said grant do you have any sort of like stress dreams or just recurring dreams in general not whether you make anything of them but like do you have do you have any dreams from over the years that you're like oh i've had these many a time oh gosh um or you're not a big dream guy i in general, I'd say I'm not a big dream guy, mm-hmm. um, but I like over the years have had a few recurring dreams, like here and there. But in general, I don't dream a ton. I'm trying to think of what some of them have been, because it's one of those things. Like the longer you're awake, the harder it is to remember them. That's definitely true. And so I'm trying to think through. I'm also so. I feel like I've had a real life example of your stress dream, hmm. which is also something that's distracting me right now. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. If I ever told the story about me sliding all the way through a, a stoplight. No. Oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna not segue. I'm gonna go off the rails a little bit here. Okay. And tell you that story. So it was in when we were in high school. And I was driving to the high school. I'm sure you can guess exactly where this occurred because it was in the middle of winter. Um, And it was super icy out. It was like late at night. I don't remember why I was going there. Like not late at night, but it was like 
in the evening. I don't remember exactly why I was going there, but like the roads were horrible. And so like we had to, from where I direction I would always come from, you had to like go up over the bridge and then it was downhill all the way to the stop sign. And then I had to take kind of a left at that or stoplight, not stop sign stoplight and then i'd take a left of that stoplight so i had to like kind of gun gun it a little bit to make it up the hill in the first place mm-hmm. and so i crest over the top of the hill and i'm going like 10 miles an hour max like barely getting up the hill in mm-hmm. the first place and then i get up over the top of the hill and i start going downhill and i immediately start braking and my car immediately starts sliding mm-hmm. like there is no braking actually happening all all anti-lock brakes uh, and just trying to keep the car pointed in the right direction. And like a, f- a little bit after like starting to slide down the hill, like the light turns green for the left turn. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I am very familiar with how long this light lasts. Exactly. Yep. And I am too far away, but I can't like take my foot off the brake mm-hmm. and like drive any faster because there's no way I can make that turn if I'm going any faster than how I am right now. Yep. And thankfully, it's pretty late at night. So there's nobody else around except for one car at the other side of the intersection. Oh gosh. Like 90 degrees to me going. And I'm just like, let's hope I stop. And I'm just like, keep sliding and sliding and sliding. The light turns yellow, then red. And I'm still sliding and sliding. And I'm like, I'm definitely going into this intersection. Yeah. But like... Again, thankfully, like, there's only one other car there. So I just give him, like, a beep, 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 beep. Just kind of like a, hey, heads up. Uh, I is This is not my fault, but I'm going through the intersection. Just FYI. Uh, and so, like, their light turned green, but they did not move. Yeah, um, that's good. And I just slid right into the perfectly the center of that intersection. <laughs> and then I just kind of Great slowly turned and, shot. and drove in. Awesome. It was It was crazy how far my car slid. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing that it didn't like do something super weird like i don't know like sliding into one of the curbs or like spinning around or some crap yeah no i'm i'm glad i've never been one of the people who got even particularly close to taking out that sign taking a right onto schmidt lake road uh you oh, know that one like yeah you, yeah you go over the bridge like that sign's gone the first day of snowfall and then the equivalent of that is over near the farm where they have the roundabout and there's mm. a yield sign, and mm-hmm. you just see that it's, like, flattened because <laughs> someone went straight through it because they couldn't make the turn onto the roundabout. <laughs> yeah. The, where I live Ugh. now, like, the neighborhood that I live in, to turn into it, it's, mm-hmm. like, a right turn after kind of going down the hill a little bit. When I came back here after Christmas, because there had been, like, bad weather while I was gone, I came back, and I don't know how somebody did it. But the freaking sign at that street corner was gone. Someone, yep. like, plowed it over into, like, the woods. <laughs> or not the woods, but, like, a brush-filled area. And then had, like, you could, you could like, see where a car had, like, po- totally plowed it over. And then someone had clearly gotten out of the car and, like, dragged it back closer to the actual intersection. <laughs> and it was just, like, laying on the ground. And... I have no idea how they messed up that bad because like Uh it's on the far side of the intersection and like it is on at that corner, like past the intersection, like there's a path. So there's like a foot and a half of grass, then path, then another like foot and a half of grass and then the sign. And that's from like both, both street sides. So it's like, 
it's inset a good couple of feet over a curb. Yep. Like, and the road speed limit is like 35. People find a way, Grant. It's like, how do you do that, buddy? I, I don't even, I'm not even confident that I could do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, reoccurring dreams. I feel like most of my reoccurring dreams have been like decent. I don't normally have like hmm. terrible stress ones. Um, actually that's okay. No, <laughs> the, the main reoccurring dream that I can think of at the moment, which is not representative of my typical reoccurring dreams. Uh, but I was getting like murdered or, or not like murder. Oh. It was like, but like, oh. I don't know. Like, I don't have the feelings like I was getting murdered. Yeah. It was like, I was getting like shot by a sniper or something. Hmm. But, like, I knew that it was happening and I was aware of, like, it's weird dream crap. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't ever, like, stressful. It was just like, oh, this is happening. That's crazy. I wonder if it's going to be different. <laughs> like, and I don't know why it didn't have any realistic feeling. What an outlook. Well, it was always like, oh, is it going to is it gonna happen or are they going to catch it? Like, it was like it was yeah. a, like a CSI show or something. Not CSI, but, like, like some, like cop drama where it's like oh are they gonna stop him or not before he like kills the mayor uh spoiler alert they almost never stopped him uh and a few times they did it was like a uh bait and switch type ending where like oh they stopped him actually no they stopped the wrong guy and it was someone else in a different window no oh no so that's one but that is very much not representative I'm trying to think of other ones. I like there's distinct times where like I know I've had reoccurring dreams, but I can't think of what they were. Like when I was in Tanzania, I had little freaking wild dreams. Hmm. They were like the most vivid dreams I've ever had, and a couple of them I know were reoccurring, and I have no, almost no recollection of what they were. Okay, the, at least the reoccurring ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, here's I guess I don't know if this question will make sense. I understand for sure, not remembering specifics. Like, I know that I have a lot of reoccurring dreams. There's only a handful that I could, like, tell you right now anything about. But there are so many that if I were to have the dream again, like, while having the dream and afterward, I will, like, like after I wake up, I will recognize that that was a dream I've had before. Does that mm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, even if you can't pinpoint it, I'm sure there's several where it's like, if you were to have the dream, you could be like, I had that before. Yeah. And it may just disappear just as quickly anyway, but you, you're still kind of like acknowledging the trend, I guess. Yeah. There was one from like years ago that was, it was something like Scooby-Doo something in caves. It's all I remember from it. It's like there are caves with rivers in them. And I swear, like, it, I, I don't I might just, I think you might just be thinking how, of Scooby-Doo too. No, I don't think it, it wasn't that, but like, and I don't know how like Scooby-Doo played into it, but I remember distinctly, like it was related to this dream. That's uh-huh. all I remember of the dream. Um, I don't know. I'm noticing a lot of my dreams as I'm thinking about this, especially in recent years, it's hard for me to pinpoint them because a lot of them are really mundane. Hmm. I've had... I think a growing trend in dreams that I have is waking up and having to be like, wait, am I remembering something or was that a dream? Sure. Cause they're like so mundane in like, yeah, plausible. They're like, did that just happen like a couple weeks ago? And I'm just like thinking about it or did my brain just completely construct this entire scenario out of nowhere? Sure. 
like i've had dreams about just like having a conversation with someone about their day just like hmm. completely unexceptional and then i like didn't notice that it was a dream and like asked them about something they'd said the next day and they're like what <laughs> okay, are you that's talking funny. about <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a dream that i couldn't squarely place in dream world like i've definitely had some that had mostly elements from the real world but like too many details whether it's like the collection of people who are there or the specifics about where we are like it just doesn't align you know it's it's like i have someone architecting an inception dream but they're just like not good at it mm. you know they're not good at the details mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and yeah i i feel like i've never had that because either they are like i've had i have had mundane dreams most of them though before i wake up get real wacky in some way (laughs) dreams are weird yeah i had one a couple weeks ago that i ended up writing down because i was like oh this could be like a good story idea someday Hmm? um and it probably isn't actually but it was a just like a kind of a let's call it a suspense of a like a suspense drama of a dream Mm -hmm. but with supernatural elements where i was like i was renting an apartment uh, in some smallish town above the bar that was in the town. And mm. it's, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, this is weird units that always exist above a place of business in like a city, mm-hmm. you know? And I was, and there were several rooms up there and I was renting one of them. And the landlady lived like kitty corner across the hall for me. And uh, there were just a lot of things off about everything. And that's all, I like, I don't even remember that many specifics. I just remember, like, the snapshots of scenes of this dream of, like, the way that the landlady, like, closes her door and is still kind of, like, peering at you as she closes mm-hmm. the door. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way that the people in the town act just being off in very particular ways. I don't know. It was just, like, one of those things that just sort of stuck with me in the moment of just like this is very eerie Mm -hmm. and most of my dreams especially like growing up if i had a scary dream it was like it was pretty straightforward of like there was a thing chasing me yeah and that was it and nowadays it's like a little bit more subtle like man imagine how inconvenient it would be if you rear-ended someone at two miles an hour yeah (laughs) as you're trying to get somewhere or (laughs) subtle eeriness in a small town that you've never lived in actually no no have you ever had a dream that ended with like you eating like a breakfast food Mm. and then you wake up and you're like oh i don't have potatoes (laughs) or like i don't know why potatoes think mine typically involve food against all odds i don't think i can't think of any that are like that oh i do know a common theme vaguely similar to that i remember reading in a book it was the book guys write for guys read and it was an anthology of like young adult like male young adult authors Mm -hmm. writing short little essays about just like you know memories from being a kid or whatever you know those they had a lot they had a lot of freedom to write what they wanted in there but one of them said hey if you ever dream about going to the bathroom make sure you wake up before you go to the bathroom in the dream oh uh, right 
And that's that has stuck with me forever. Whenever I have a bathroom, or whenever I have a dream. <laughs> whenever I have a bathroom, I dream whenever about it I incessantly. Have... <laughs> I always pee myself. Whenever I have a dream about going to the bathroom, that's like in my head while I'm in the dream. It's like, God, I gotta wake up before I make it to the toilet, you know? And then one night, like in the last year, I feel like it was, I had the dream, and I like made it to the bathroom, and I like peed in the dream, and was like relieved. And then I woke up feeling to myself, man, have I failed. I can't <laughs> believe I did this as like a 25-year-old or whatever, you know. And then I wake up and I'm like, hey, I succeeded. I just really have to pee right now. <laughs> Is this what it means to like be an adult? I don't know, but I succeeded. <laughs> I beat the dream. <laughs> you can't inception me That's to pee right. myself. <laughs> I don't know what they were after, but they sure didn't get it. I got bladder control up the wazoo. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I can't think of a time where I dreamt about a food and was disappointed I didn't have it when I woke up. Okay. That would be a bummer, though. I was going to say, those are some of my saddest dreams because you just like wake up and you're tired. Mm. And then you're like aggressively hungry for something very specific as the as like the taste slowly fades from your mouth and then you have the realization of like i a don't have the energy or desire to make this and b can't even do it if i wanted <laughs> yeah that doesn't sound pleasant it's it's crushing some of my most disappointing and sad dreams well you know what grant what i appreciate your candorville in uh <laughs> sharing that anecdote nice <laughs> By Darren Bell. We have two ladies uh, hanging out outside, roaming around, around a, I don't know, a neighborhood maybe? Around the city, on the outskirts of a city. They're on a sidewalk, I think. Looks like they're by a pond in the first frame. And the woman on the right who is wearing a dress is saying, We haven't heard from you in months, Esperanza. What's happening, Chica? And Esperanza responds, Nothing, Susan. Well, I bought a new wiper blade for my car. And they continue to walk on, and Esperanza continues, They put in a new water fountain at work. Oh, and I'm getting married. And Susan looking a little, I don't know, off, confused, who knows, says, You need to work on your communication skills. Oh, Esperanza. Classic. Classic Esperanza. That's what I always say. Lol. Now, you know how Esperanza could, Esperanza could improve those communication skills? With this, you by using our code. Dang, <laughs> you knew it. Comical start at Skillshare. You nailed it, dude. <laughs> I was going to do a fake infomercial, but you just threw my thought er, through stole my thunder so it's not worth it because i wasn't gonna do a very good job of it <laughs> but now without the ability to do or i guess i without the desire to do that i was curious mark do you have any skills that you want to work on or like skills that you would love to have even if like it's not something you're realistically going to uh develop uh, i don't know i'm i'm 26 i think about my apex you think you're uh, at your apex okay <laughs> interesting no, i i uh, Mark's peaked I already. A, I have a few things. So there's things that I want to get 
back to how good I used to be at. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then there are new things that I would like to continue to work on, right? So in terms of things I used to be good at, I would like to be able to play baseball better than I, you know, better than I can now. I would like to at least maintain my current ability to play certain instruments and eventually once I have the like space and money um you know be able to invest in regaining some of the skills that I used mm-hmm. to have especially with percussion yeah uh, I would get a lot of enjoyment out of that well you can't fit a full marimba in your apartment you know I've brought it up many a time and Aaron keeps shooting it down I think it's kind of unfair oh, but rough she she knows the future is I will save the requisite money for a marimba and we will find a space for it as soon as it's feasible to do so. Good, good. So glad, glad she at least is aware of it. Put in the prenup. The thing for is, sure, like right? a marimba, even though it's big, it's easier to deal with than say like a piano because they're they you can take them apart. Like you can roll up the bars into big bundles, and then the frame typically comes apart into its components. And they're like, yeah, it's a pain, but it's not like moving a piano, you know? Ah. Uh, it's not as bad as moving a piano. Like I'm a grand piano or an upright piano? Either. I was going to say, it sounds worse than an upright piano still. But you st- the thing is, like, with a piano, you still need to, like, pay someone to deal with it. Like, it's not easy. No one wants to deal with it. Well, no one wants to deal with moving anything. I know. Moving Regardless, blows. a marimba is not that big of a deal. Um, and if we get it set up somewhere, then it's set up, and that's cool. Uh, and Aaron would also, like, Aaron, I know Aaron would also like to have it. It's just a matter of, like, having the dedicated space of, like, this is what this is. Yeah. And and getting there. So, eventually, someday, I would, I would love to make that happen. So, when you inevitably get this marimba, would it go mm. in, like, your man cave, or, like, what? Where, where is uh, we your... want we would love to have the space to have a dedicated like music room of some sort okay odds are any like piano thing I don't you know her parents have a piano they would like us to take it at some point I'm a little hesitant of having to deal with a real piano forever, <laughs> forever. in fact in fact Aaron's dad specifically told me you don't want this <laughs> you don't want this burden do not take it <laughs> <laughs> Because he's hated dealing with it for all these years. Granted, he's not the one who plays. But whatever piano setup, like, at some point, I want a nicer electric, uh, like, a digital piano. Um, The one that I have is literally the cheapest one that you can buy that has any sort of weighted keys. Mm -hmm. But it's not great. And it it was, I think I bought that and the stand for it and a sustain pedal and a music stand at Guitar Center in a bundle deal for like $120. Yeah. Like four years ago. And I would like I to get an improvement like on that. I feel like we talked about that purchase on the podcast before. I'm sure we did because it um, stayed in my little bedroom that I was renting as an Airbnb for six months. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like... I, like, I know I'm going to continue playing music. It's the same reason that I invested in, like, a nice guitar. It's like, this is a purchase that I will maintain and keep for a super long time, and so it's worth it. Mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't at that time, the re- only reason at that time I bought a guitar instead of, say, like, a nicer digital piano is a guitar is easier to find space for. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wanted an electric guitar. Like, I have the digital piano. I have a setup that works well enough. If I need it, it's just annoying to take out and do it so we don't very often yeah so there's that stuff new things are 
uh, not really new things, like continuations on things that I've never really lost and have always kind of been working on in some way is like just generally writing. Like I just enjoy that and I, I'm always finding new different ways to try and get better at it uh, for you know various definitions of what it means to be better at writing. Um, that's something I always keep in mind. Disc golf is a thing that I think will continue to be something I want to have the time to just practice on and off, you know, depending on where we live and the space available and the weather and all that sort of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it'll probably come and go over the years in terms of how frequently I'm playing, but the discs aren't going to get old. They'll just be there for when I'm ready to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. And when there's lulls in baseball or whatever, depending on where we move, like disc golf, like disc i got so into disc golf because i didn't have another sport to get into yeah and it's it's a very nice replacement of just like having a thing to work towards physically mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense those are the things that immediately come to mind there's a whole lot of other wish list items that like ooh, ver- versions of past me wanted to work on more and over time i've sort of decided like yeah, maybe I'll come back to these, but they're not priorities in any way. Is and there? If I had just a huge amount of time, I would do these things. But it's the fact that I haven't stuck with them is a pretty decent indicator that I shouldn't. Okay. Is there any like deep wish list items that are the type of thing of like, yo, it'd be super cool to do this, but realistically, I know I have, I don't have, and will never have the time to do it. But it would mm-hmm. still be cool if, like, suddenly I just had, like, infinite disposable time. Honestly, the biggest one is, like, being able to live some, like, live out the alternate version reality of me that at least got, like, a master's in math. Okay. And have the time to, like, just learn it on my own, not worry about the pressures of college and needing to, like, take shortcuts in learning for the sake of trying to get a grade. Yep. And just like relearn some of the things that I learned in college and move beyond them to more advanced topics. Like, I, there's so many textbooks available. I have a bunch in my Dropbox. Like, I have aspirations to do that someday, but the longer it goes on, it's, I'm not, I'm never telling myself never on that. But it's like, like, I could try and commit the time to do that. It's just not happening because I would really have to decide that that's the thing I'm doing right now. Yeah. So that, that's the big one in my mind, I think. Um, mm-hmm. that's cool yeah. but at least that makes me feel like I made a good decision in college in terms of my, my field of study that I still <laughs> am excited about um, wanting to do it even in my free time Yeah, like I have gone through parts of different textbooks since I've graduated it's just never been a concerted effort that I stuck with mm-hmm. so yeah stuff like that you gotta like for it to really become a thing it's like you gotta I don't want to say like religiously do it, but kind of. Well, it's just it's a it's a muscle like anything else. Like yeah. it's a it's a it's a it brain has... muscle that you have to keep working on. Like mm-hmm. e- even in the even in the time in college, there were things that I did really well in one class, and then I didn't use that particular like set of tools in math for like a year, yep. and then I had to use them again a year later, and it was just like gone. Like I had never done it before. <laughs> Yep. I was so annoyed. <laughs> you have to like be constantly doing stuff to maintain or to like hold on to it like yeah. that. I've definitely been going through stuff like that these days. Yep. Like there's a class I took. I can imagine. And on our first unit test, I got a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, 
best score I've ever gotten on an exam, pretty much ever. And then someone asked me a question the other day, and it was like something exactly from that unit. Mm-hmm. And I just like blank stare right over my head. I'm like, oh no. Yep. Because like, oh, I know this. I know, or I know I should know this. I know I did know this almost perfectly. And now I have no idea where to start. Lifelong learning, Grant. Oh, don't be a nerd like that. Mm-hmm.